0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Reacher's Podcast. This is your host, Kelly Hensley. A lot more episodes before this, but my recorder broke. I had to send it off to Zoom, and Zoom gave me a brand new one. So I got a brand new one. It took a while to send off and for it to come back. So now I'm back to business, back to the show, the Reacher's Podcast. Uh, I was originally going to try to do... uh, I was going to try to go through Acts and do like a Bible study here, but uh, today I'm not going to do that. Today's going to be some story time. I have some Christ-centered moments in this. I'm not going to leave God out. He is the fabric of our lives, the glue that binds us all together, the hope, the truth, and uh, He is everything. So why would I leave Him out of any of my stories? He should be at the beginning and end, in the middle, in the midst of all my stories. But, um, man, I had a pretty tough week this week. Well, I've had a couple of weeks that have been tough. But uh, any time that you can make it out unscathed and alive, I guess it's a good week. So it wasn't a terrible, terrible week. But I'm going to tell you, it's some struggles. It's some struggles. A lot of it was work. Um, I was out for a couple of weeks. I can't remember when it was. Memorial week. Whatever that day we got... We had a holiday. I was out that week, and I think the week after, or a couple days after, I had—I was quarantined, folks. I was quarantined for ten days. My mother-in-law got COVID. She's over my house all the time. She's my my girl's school bus driver, and uh, since we were in direct contact, I informed my manager. I'm a truck driver. Excuse me. I'm a truck driver by trade, and we got a couple of uh, quite a few older gentlemen that. If they get this, it, it'll be a rough little deal on him. So, uh, I stayed away. But dumb me, I did not put any personal days down. So, uh, yeah, I only got paid for that one holiday pay. That does not pay the bills, folks. So, if you're out with this disease, this virus, or whatever you want to call it, you don't get paid for it now. You have to suffer it. So, uh, I advise you to, uh, be prepared. Be prepared. So if you're around somebody and if you get it, you will not get paid for it right now unless you can prove me wrong. But as, as, as far as my experience, I've already had this thing um, at the beginning of the year. I was out for three weeks, and uh, I did get paid. I got paid pretty well uh, that time, but the direct contact deal – been out for 10 days, did not get paid, did not get paid, so that kind of made it a tough week, we had a, we're not struggling by any means, God will provide, he takes care of us in our troubles, in our time of need, so why worry, Uh, my anxiety levels is not high, it's pretty low in in the anxiety department, so uh, I'm going to put my faith and trust in him, he's pulled me out of a lot of stuff. And I'm going to trust that he's going to pull me out of a lot worse uh, things in my life, in my future life. So no fear here, folks. only trust. And that's all I can do. But this tough week, it really wasn't about being out of work. You know, I got a bunch of stuff done. I got a lot of honeydew lists done. And my wife is very pleased about what I got done around the house. The tough part of it is... Somebody dropped a dog off at my mother in law's house. It's a beautiful dog. It's a husky, full blooded, blue eyes, beautiful. And I had no problem with it being at my mother and father in law's house. But guess what? It ended up at my house. And my wife had to uh, step in and be the good hope for the dog. Well, this dog had a problem. Of course they do. They're, nobody throws out perfectly healthy dogs. Well, this dog right here got into something, tore its tail up. it is awful. You can see the bone. It didn't smell too good, so it was probably setting up some kind of infection. And the dog was in desperate need of help. And my wife, being the advocate and a lover of animals that she is, And the controller of this household, I'm going to tell you, man, I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to side note, I want to tell other men that I wear the pants in this family, that it's my way or the highway, but I live with all women. I've got two daughters, my wife, probably a, a, a female cat, and some hens and stuff like that. There's a lot of women at the Hensley Hood, a lot of women. So my vote does not count. I don't care how angry I get, how authoritative I get. If I raise my voice, lower my voice, no matter what, I have no say-so at this house. I try and I try, but I get vetoed every time, overturned. Uh, If I was in a jury, they, they uh, they would silence me pretty quick. But anyway, we got this dog, beautiful dog. I, like, I grew to like it, man. I was like, man, I, I love this dog. I don't really like... I do not like dogs. You may hate me. I do not like dogs. I don't want no dogs. Because in, in my experience with dogs, they will tear up everything you own. They will tear up everything. They'll chew on everything. They will, you know what, go to the restroom on everything. They'll dig up all your plants. They, it's just... They're very destructive. It's like having a toddler all the time, all the time. And you find yourself yelling at the animal. The animal don't even understand. Don't understand what you're saying. You'll yell at this thing, and it's just wagging its, well, they usually wag their tail. Let me get back to uh, the story here. Okay, we got an animal here, badly injured tail. My wife talked me into taking it to the vet. So here we are. We load up this dog, take it to the vet. The vet looked at it, gave us a call. It's like, hey, we always call before we do anything. The tail's got to go. And if we're going to take the tail, we're going to take the parts too. We're, uh, we we got neutered. So uh, the final estimate will be around 450 bucks. And you got to think, remember, I was out for, Ten days with the COVID quarantine, I didn't put any personal days down, so I only got paid 100 bucks. Here I am. $100. Do we buy food, or do we pay for a dog that just showed up at our house to get fixed? <laughs> well, we paid for the dog to get fixed. But they did talk. We talked them down to $350. So, hey, always bargain with these folks, folks man. They'll go down, I promise you. They don't want to eat the whole thing. They'll, they'll take something. So three fifty, we paid three fifty for his dog. It had we got it home. We had to give it the, the coma shame. His own pain meds. He was just lethargic, so he wasn't really active uh, for a long time. Uh, we had to make sure we doctored him and keep the coma shame on him. And I'm gonna tell you, you try to keep a comb of shame on a husky, you ain't gonna do it. It's impossible. That dog ripped that thing off numerous times. And the bandage on his tail, tailless husky, folks, ripped it off the second day. Couldn't find it. He wouldn't let you touch it. You wouldn't you couldn't put the you couldn't put the comb of shame. He was like a escape artist, man. I've never seen He's too smart for his own good. He's too smart for his own good. and I'm going to get somewhere somewhere with this story. I want to kind of correlate it and, and, and parallel it with uh, our lives with this dog's life. So pay attention about the mannerisms of this dog, and I'm going to put it in our lives as well how we uh, how we uh, correlate with how we act with our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Master, what you want to say. So this dog, like I said, couldn't put the comb of shame on him. We're doing this for his own good. He thinks we're punishing him. We're trying to keep him in a crate, put the dog sh- uh, comb on there. We don't lick his wounds and get it uh, bleeding and bust the uh, stitches out of him. He's got stitches down below and on his tail. Well, this dog wasn't going to have it. He will bump into stuff. He'll bust them stitches, and and you couldn't you couldn't keep the cone on him. You finally I finally put some duct tape around it. Kept the cone on for a while, but when he wanted loose, just he pulled the cone off. Still, you'll see him there licking his tail. So, you know, like I said, the dog's too smart for his own good. He started healing up, started feeling good. He went through all of his antibiotics and. His pain meds, he, he became a, an active uh, husky. And while he was sick and in pain, all the animals kind of got along with him. We have chickens. We have four cats. We have chickens. We live on the side of a mountain or on the bottom of a mountain. We have problems with rattlesnakes and copperhead snakes, any kind of snakes you can think of that's in North Georgia. Live where I live. So we got cats to kind of defend the land from the snakes. We also got hay fields. And when you have a hay field, you have a problem with field mice. So the cats, they're workers. They work for their living, for their food, for their shelter. On the dog, on the other hand, he likes to chase things. He chased the cats. Two cats ran off. Two cats stood the ground. We got this little bitty old kitten we call Hawk. I mean, he's about as big as your palm. And we got a male cat who uh, whose name's Romeo, and they stood their ground. The Romeo whipped that dog. The little kitten will hiss and slap the dog in the face. So this dog was scared. The dog was scared of the cats. And when the dog came up, the cats ran after him. Man, ran that dog off. I mean, he'll come back, and he never he didn't go away. But the problem was not with the cats; the cats had to get used to him, and they did. The other two came back, and you know they kind of stayed their distance. They fed. We put the dog up when they're eating, where the dog won't be stealing their food because he wanted to eat their food, didn't want to eat his. The problem we had is when we allowed our chickens to get out and roam. So we got uh. Free-range chickens. We let the chickens get out, and we do that because when they're outside, they're happy. When they're inside, they're not so happy, and it's all they'll do is eat that food, that feed that we give them. And the egg production wasn't that good, and the taste of the eggs wasn't that good. So if you keep your chickens, your laying hens, if you let them roam around. Uh, you got happy hens you got better tasting eggs. you got more eggs. They'll lay more. And uh, it's just a lot better environment for your chickens. Well, we brought the dog in, and the dog was good for a while. You know, he almost looked like he was herding the chickens and into their pen. And I was like, hey, that dog right there is going to be a good dog. And I, I'll come home from work, and I'll pay, play with the dog, throw the ball around and hit a little chew toy he loved. And I love the dog. I love dog and I'm not a dog person. I am not a dog person. I'm gonna tell you. Like I said, they just tear up stuff. But this dog, I wanted it to work out. But um by day by day, we was losing chickens. There's feathers everywhere. He was chewing on the chickens everywhere. And the last straw, the last straw, was he killed three in one day, one of them was one of our good-mannered, uh, uh, they're a black chicken. I think they're uh, called a uh, black o- oscarloff. I can't even say it. I don't know. It's a black chicken. My wife knows all the names of the chickens. I just know by their color. It's a black chicken, beautiful chicken. You can pick it up, pet the chicken, love on the chicken. It made good eggs, and it wasn't a broody chicken. Good chicken. Well, the dog was chewing on it. And he done killed three, and I I don't know how many chickens this dog killed, cause uh he would bury them, cause he knew he wasn't supposed to do it. He was a smart dog. He was he's too smart for his own good, cause I tell you we live on a uh, large amount of property against government property. So we got all the wor- all the property in the world. If you wanted to, you know, step that line, if you want to step across the line. If you know what I'm talking about. But uh, the dog had had it made, man. Had it made, got fed, had a bed, had it every place in the world around. We, we were looking forward for allowing this dog to get healed up so we can hike up the mountain with this dog. I was excited about having this dog. And like I said, and I'm not a dog person, but it broke my heart that we just couldn't keep the dog. Um, the chickens were at risk. And I tried many a times on social media to get someone to come get the dog. They would say, "Oh, it's a beautiful dog, wiggle on them," but they would never come. It all, it's always like I gotta ask my wife. I gotta ask my husband. Uh, nobody came got it until the point where I was had enough. I was gonna take the dog back to the pound. And uh, once you uh, let people know that the dog's going on death row. Man, people start jumping then, and I had a young man who is uh, had a lot of property, had some other animals, other dogs that you know the dog can play with, and that's what he needs. If you have a husky, they need they need some loving, man. They need some they need some buddies, they need some dog buddies. So he's gonna have some dog buddies. Uh, the guy came and got him. I'm thankful for this, cause you know we were wanting to help the dog. We want the dog to have a good home, and we were ready to provide the dog to have a good home, but there were some problems. Uh, chickens were here first, or cats were here first. The dog was a guest. Uh, we were going. <laughs> it sounds awful. I mean, if you put it in a godly, uh, in a godly uh, sense, you would think like, man, if God acted the way we acted, it'd be a terrible thing. It'd be a terrible thing. Because every time we mess up, if God disowned us and uh, kicked us out of his home, man, that'd be a terrible thing. So really, I kind of feel bad. But what can you do? I've got to protect my flock. I've got to protect my flock. These were our animals that we were put in charge of to protect. And they depended on us solely for protection. You know, I build a bigger coop. That is critter proof. There's nothing gonna get through that thing unless it's a big black bear or a grizzly. They can rip through. There's nothing gonna stop that. Well, I haven't seen one big enough around here to bust through there. But you know, like I've done everything I can to protect my flock. I gotta protect my little cats. You know, they're, they're workers. They provide for us with the uh, extermination of pests, and we provide them a safe haven to live, food. Shelter, water, water, and love. You know, we love them as well. Um, the dog came in, kind of put a little damper in our parade. And I'm glad, you know, I think God did use us and allowed us to get the dog into health because if we didn't step in, if we didn't provide help for this animal, it would have died. It would have gotten infected. The tail would gotten infected. The dog would have died. And... um I like to think we least tried to help it out. but uh, And I did, thankfully, reach out to this guy. I'm not going to give his name. I actually went to school with him. And he provided this dog a great home. He is going to be taken care of. Probably better than I could and my wife could and my children could. He's going to have it made in the shade. So, uh, now, how does that correlate with our lives? Okay, we got a dog who was in need, who uh, if no one stepped in, the dog was going to die, right? He needed shelter. He needed love. He needed uh, nourishment. Uh, He needed hope. He needed a second chance. He needed a second chance. How many times did we need a second chance or a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance? I'm thankful God is not like me. Like I said, I went to a point where no, the dog can't stay. I'm casting him out of my house. But we serve a God who is countlessly giving us mercy and pouring out his grace upon us because we deserve to be kicked out of his house because we keep on breaking the rules. We had a rule here at the Hensley house we don't eat our buddies. We don't eat our buddies. The dog broke the rule. He was eating our buddies, and he wasn't really eating them. He was killing them and just playing with them for no reason. But if you look at our own life, aren't we doing the same thing? We're just doing things that we feel that gives us satisfaction. That dog got satisfaction out of killing and, you know, gnawing on chickens. We gain satisfaction through our daily lives and our lust and our, um, our love for our own sin. You know, we love our sin. We don't want to give away our sin. Like that dog was corrected many a times. And he looked very sorry. He knew what he was doing. He, he was sorry for what he did when he got caught. But as soon as our backs turned, as soon as we looked the other way, this dog went straight in like a rocket and seeked out his sin, his passion of killing chickens. And he, and he partaked. How many times when we think the lights are out, no one's looking, God's back's turned, do we go out and we serve our desire of sin? All the time, guilty as charge. I'm, I'm talking to myself uh, as long uh, as everyone else because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We have all fallen short. We are all in equal, uh, we're all, uh, what am I trying to say, it's level at the cross, you ever heard that? Everyone's sin is the same in God's eyes. We're all guilty. And the punishment of that sin is banishment, banishment. God says the, the, the penalty of sin is death. So that's death, that's eternity without God, away from God. But the dog, you know, would he put him to death? Even though if I took him to a pound, the penalty of his in, uh, unloyalty to me would have been death. If they couldn't find anyone else to take him, they would have put him to sleep. And that ain't nothing I want for the animal. And that's nothing that God wants in our lives. He does not take great pleasure in punishing the wicked. He doesn't. He wants everyone to come into repentance. I didn't. I didn't take great pleasure of letting that dog go to another home. I didn't, and right now, even today, I wish the dog was here where I can pet him, and love on him. I just didn't want him to kill my chickens. I didn't want him to run off my cats. I want him to to behave and and let me love on him. Let me lavish him with with dog treats and food and. Water and 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 shelter and and, uh, it's just he couldn't stop. His passions was was for uh, killing chickens, just like our passions is for whatever we we our hearts desires. We're living in a world today where it's about feelings. It's about what you want. It's not about what God's uh, uh, commands us to His laws or hang on. All right, sorry. About almost had to yawn or sneeze. I work at night, folks, and if you ever work night shift, you're always tired. You never feel right. You're always sleepy. So uh, so if I get to yawning or eyes twitching because I want to yawn, forgive me. Forgive me. I'm only human. But back to the dog. Back to the dog. Well, we got the dog a good home. We had his name. His name was Hooch. And I, I miss him today. I, I used to come in. And lay on the carport, just rubbing on him, petting him. He loved it. But uh, like I said, my priorities was keeping everybody safe. And just like God, you know, he must punish the wicked. And people say, man, why? Why does bad things happen? Well, because cause of sin. Sin creeps in, and God cannot have imperfect, uh, imperfect people in His presence, and I'm not saying all things, that, bad things that happen to good people, are because of God's wrath. It's just part of His will, folks. Sometimes you know He has to to make a push. Uh, I suffered greatly with anxiety and depression, I, probably for about 25 years or more of my life, and I under I always ask why? Why do I have to go through this, Lord? Why are you making me suffer? this great suffering. But uh, I didn't understand at the time. I had a lot of whys, but God's answer is always why not. But uh, I can look back now and I can see the change that he was doing in my life because I desired sin. I desired to do it my way. And, uh, and I was a pretender too. You know? I went to church. I went to church, but I still was just as a greater sinner than anyone in any prison. Uh, anyone out doing the most wicked thing you can think of, I was on level ground, you know, one sin is no greater than another. They're all equally uh, unrighteous in God's eyes. So, but God had to change my mind. And the only way he can change my mind is put me in a place where I was out of control, where I had no ability to uh, rationalize everyday life or, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Probably back that up. Uh, I had no ability of my own to continue life as as I as I was continue as I was living it. If that makes any sense, you know what I'm saying. I had a uh, I needed help for that way. I couldn't rely on myself. If that makes more sense, I couldn't rely on myself. I had to put my um, my trust in something other than me. And if you ever suffered through anxiety and depression, that's exactly what you feel like. You feel like you have no control of your body. You couldn't go outside and do the things that you used to do. Um, It's just something, it's it's just weird. I can't explain it unless you went through it. And I know there are many people that goes through this kind of stuff. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I wasn't going to talk about this. I wasn't going to talk about this. It just popped up. Um, But anyway... You know, I had to rely on the Lord for everything. I had to keep my eyes off myself and put my eyes, my faith, and trust on God alone. And only then, and only then did all that stuff start fading away. You understand? Fading away. Do I get depressed sometimes? Yeah. Never lingers. Never lingers. Do I get anxious? Yes. But it's nothing like it used to be. And that's how wonderful God is. And we don't deserve it that poor old dog, he's got a great home now. He's a uh, he's got a lot of of pasture to run around with. He got some other dog friends to to play with. He he's got provided uh with something far greater than I can provide for him. And that's what God wants for us, you know. I'm not talking about name it and claim it. This is your best life now kind of religion. I'm talking about our next life. Hey, we might have been dealt a bad card in this life, but I promise you, that next life is going to be out of this world. We we cannot fathom how great heaven's going to be, and that's why I have this feeling and, and this this desire to reach out. The Reachers Podcast, man, that's what it's about, man. It's about reaching out, reaching out for others, pull them out of the darkness. Like that dog needed help. You know, we helped them, but we put them in the right direction to go to a better place. And that's what I can do in my everyday life. I might not be the cure, the cure for their their ailments, and we're not. We cannot help nobody. All the help comes from the Lord. But we can point them in the right direction. Like that, that dog's home wasn't here. It was for a little while, but I got him to a better place. And that's what I want to do in this life. You can't trust and lean on a person, but we can, as followers and disciples of Christ, we can push them to who can. That's what old Andrew did. That's why I like Andrew in the Bible. I think he's my favorite character. He wasn't talked about much, but he did much. He went out and got people and took them to Jesus. That's what Andrew was famous for. He was a... Uh, go-getter, and that's what I hope I'm famous for when I get to heaven. He said, oh, there's our go-getter, my reacher, Kelly Hensley. Well done, faithful and loyal servant. Uh, Man, I'll tell you, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Like I said, this world's got some pretty cool stuff in this world, but I'm going to tell you, ain't nothing going to compare from over there than right here, right now. I love my family. I love my girls. I love my wife. I love my brother's. I love my friends. But I'm going to tell you, man, I love Jesus, and I want to be with him step by step. I want my whole life to be consumed by him. And uh, I hope when people see me, they're like, man, and then I die. This is my die. I hope I preach my own funeral. I know people are thinking like, man, you're crazy, man, talk about dying. But when you when you know for sure that you're not going to die, you know, this body might die. I might turn to dust, but I'm going to tell you, the God of the universe who brought it all together at first, he's going to bring it all together again, and he's going to give me a new, perfect uh, body that will never fade again. Right now, heck, I'm probably ashen right now and my dead skin and all that stuff, and we're all fading. Every day is a blessing. Tomorrow is never promised but uh we got this promise that one day we'll have a perfect body living in a perfect place right next to a perfect being the most perfect if that's a word so i can't i can't I can't explain it I'm just can't wait can't wait to get there when we all get to heaven that's a what a wonderful place that will be what a wonderful day all right folks uh I talked about a second chance. We all got a second chance, third chance, a fourth chance. This dog got a second chance. Now he got a third chance. And I hope this right here will be his chance that he can live a perfect life in a, in a perfect place. And that's what I hope for you all as well. Okay, my next point I want to talk about, I did little points on a notebook where I don't run off too far and go to some rabbit hole uh, like I always do. You'll find out if y'all stick around in, a, in future episodes. Sometimes I get diverted very easily. And when you're a single podcaster, you don't have a co-host who can bring you back. So I got to try to remember to bring myself back. So I wrote down little points. Uh, and one of my points is, I said, driving is driving me crazy. Like I said, I am a truck driver by trade. I work for Southeastern Freight Lines. Uh, the red and black. You'll see the eagles with a S and E on each side. That would be my team. I drive at night. I go to Anderson, South Carolina, then back to Atlanta, then back to Dalton. And uh, I'm going to tell you, we have a lot of Braves fans out here, and I will anger a lot of people when I say this. As man, I tell you what, I wish. The Braves will lose every game where they'll build that stadium in a different location and get – stay with me, stay with me, all right? Don't fall off. Don't cut it off right now because I talked about your precious Braves. Look, as a team, no problem. As the stadium, man, I don't know how many times I prayed for a natural disaster just diminish that – demolish that stadium. They put it in a bad spot, man. That right there is the bottleneck of Atlanta. And I drive through Atlanta every day, every day. Me and my buddies, we drive through Atlanta. And they bottleneck that place because the Braves let out right when we go through there every night. If there's a Braves game, they let out there. And they have the audacity to um, to – do construction work on 285 East, which bottlenecks it more. And that's where everybody goes. Everybody's going that way to leave the brakes. So here we are trying to get through there, trying to do our job while everybody else is having parties and, and all that stuff. And we're trying to make America great again one night at a time. Hey, y'all need our stuff. Y'all need us. So uh, give us a break, man. Stay at home. Stay at home. There's no need you be out there at 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night. But anyway, they, they do construction work. A lot of people said, oh, man, you're lucky. At least you don't have to drive during the day. You don't have no traffic at night. Huh, wrong. That's when they do the construction, and they bring your eight lanes back to two lanes, and everybody's trying to make it uh, in two lanes, which uh, is a disaster. And they usually close every route that you can go around the construction so man you're just you're just stuck you have to stick with it you uh like i said i cannot relax until i get about i'll say about 10 15 20 miles out of atlanta on each side and it's getting worse folks people are not they don't know how to drive i know y'all hate truckers but uh i'm gonna give you a little a little a little side note all right it's night time you're going around truck. I don't know if it's a northern thing and a Florida thing. It happens a lot. Do not flash your lights letting the trucker know that you're going around them. That right there is an the international trucking sign telling the trucker that he needs to get over now. So when a truck gets over you because you flashed their lights, you just told that guy to come over. That's what that means for a truck driver. So don't do that. Don't do that. And if it's raining... Cut your flashers off. Nobody can see with your flashers on. We can see you with your, your uh, running lights. That's no problem. But when you have your flashers, you're just putting us in a trance. And we can't tell when you hit your brake lights. No flashers. That rant's over, rant's over. But anyway, that puts us behind, you know, time is money when you're driving a truck. We're only getting paid by the mile. And the person on the other end needed it Yesterday. They need it yesterday, so we're trying our best. We're not there trying to be vindictive. We're not trying to ruin your driving experience. We're just trying to make it to our place and come back home safe. We're we're trying to make money for our family and provide for you as well. So uh, let's help each other out, folks. You know, let's show some mercy. And uh, I'm going to let you another note. It's not a rant. This is a safety. This is a safety thing. Do not pull in front of a truck driver, then slam on your brakes. We cannot stop. We cannot stop. I'm going to tell you, it takes us a football field or longer, depending on how heavy or how light we are, to stop. And sometimes people think, hey, the heavier you are, the harder it is to stop. I'm going to tell you, lighter you are. If you have an empty trailer and you try to stop, it's like skipping a rock on a lake. You just skip. So, man... Protect your family. I know there's a lot of billboards out there saying, uh, you've been in a wreck with a truck, we'll get you a big check. I'm going to tell you, we do not do fender benders. They're fatalities, and we're not going to die over it. It's usually the car. We call them four-wheelers. So, uh, yeah, keep that in your mind. I'm just trying to educate you folks because I love you. I don't want to injure nobody. I'm going to tell you, if I ever hit somebody in a car, and it's a fatality. It's, it's over with, man. I ain't driving a truck no more. I'm done. Like I said, I'm, this right here is just something I fell into because uh, when I was in high school, I went straight to a trucking company, right out of high school, and I worked at the docks for 20 years. God spoke to my heart telling me to get my CDLs. And thank God he did because uh, without that, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit, I would not started my ministry as you go ministry. So God opened them doors for me. Even though it's very nerve-wracking and uh, nightly, I think about, man, I, I wish I could find something else to do. I wish I could find something else to do. I'm tired of driving at night, trying, tired of driving trucks. But, man, God put me there for the time being. He opened those doors. And a lot of things happen because those doors open. So for right now, I'm going to suffer it. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to love people as I go and on the way. All right. Driving is driving me crazy. That's what I said. Okay. Well, you know, back to driving. I went on my trip last night, uh, and like I said, it was a little bit of delay. And I kind of get upset a little bit when I'm delayed. Then I go back to my second stop in Atlanta. And, of course, you know, a little bit more delay. But when I get back home, and all the stress of just making it home safely, you know, float away. Then I have to go to another place, and I have to go to the, I have to go to the landfill when I get off work, cause my wife fills my truck up with garbage. And when I go to the landfill, I always go get fuel. Saturday morning is my get fuel and my truck, my personal truck, day. And it's amazing how a delay is perfect god's timing god delays you to put you on his time and it it is hard to it's hard to fathom that cause we want everything on our time and we don't really understand god's time but once we see what god's done during our delay we can see how wonderful god is and how beautiful his his work is in our life and how the Holy Spirit uses us in times where we don't know that we're going to be used at the moment. I always pray. I'm like, Lord, this is what I pray. Sometimes, not all the time. I always tell him, I said, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do today? And Lord, please equip me to do it. I I don't have anything to bring to the table. I'm not all that smart. I'm not even the best truck driver. I'm not the best husband. I'm not the best daddy, not the best friend, not the best brother. But, man, I, I, I am what God made me, right? And I just need God to use what he created, you know, to honor him, to glorify his name uh, despite my faults, despite my inabilities. And, you know, he does, and he does every time, every time. And in and, and most situations, when I give up, when I'm tired of trying to make things happen, that's when the Holy Spirit works the most. It's amazing. When I take myself out of the equation, God steps in and does something far greater than I can ever imagine. It's such a wonderful thing when you look back and you see what God does in your life. So, um, well, anyway, let's talk about the delay. Okay, I was delayed i done all my chores when I got off work, it's still early. So I had to get fuel. Uh, for some reason, the pilot will not take my debit card, the chip. It keeps on saying I got a chip area. So I go over. I fall for it all the time. I go over, and I try to get fuel. Can't get fuel. So uh, I go to another, a smaller a kangaroo. We got a kangaroo right off a of Carbondale exit, and that's where I usually get my uh, fuel at. So uh, I sat there. And I'm waiting. I'm always prepared. That's another thing. If you're going to be in a ministry, like I said, I run. I may not have said. I run a ministry called As You Go. And I started this while I was driving a truck. Uh, there's some uh, situations that, that came up that, that put me there. I mean, God created the moment where I can step up. And do something that, I'm going to tell you, man, I've called, I'm have called. i called to do this. We're all called to go out and reach people with the gospel. But I know without a, doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, this is what I'm made for. I may not be made to be a podcaster. I may not be made to be a great speaker. I may not be made to be uh, a, a musical artist and uh, worship uh, team guitar player. And these are the things I've tried. I've tried it all. You never know what you're good at until you try, folks. So you got to get out there and make yourself available, cause you'll never know where you fit in until you put a, your uh, puzzle piece in a lot of places that don't fit. I tried being a Sunday school teacher, but not that good. I tried to do. Uh, I did a layman revival one time, and a layman revival means you're you're not a pastor, but you'll go and you'll preach. And I got an opportunity to do that, which I'm thankful that God allowed me to do that. I'm going to tell you, that's hard, man. That is hard. Hats off to you pastors who uh, do Wednesday night service, Sunday night service, Sunday morning service, and come up with three messages. Man, it's hard for me to do one. And uh, I'm not going to say I, I've done terrible, but I'm going to tell you, I don't feel like I've done good at well. I don't think I did well, put it that way. Some people might got something out of it. I don't know. Well, God would only... We only revealed that at a later date. But I tried to do the layman revival. I think I failed miserably. Uh, I tried to play and worship music at our church. I played the acoustic guitar. And somebody with anxiety, man, it was a struggle the entire time being up there. Uh, and I just felt like I was lost all the time. I just didn't feel like I knew where to play. And uh, I just felt like, you know, I, just, I, I didn't feel I didn't fit. I love the people. I love the church. I love serving the Lord. But I'm to tell you, there's certain things I don't fit in. But this right here, this right here, going out and speaking to perfectly perfectly good strangers and loving on them and giving them gospel tracts, all I do is make these things up, and I get a big old bag of them, and I just go out and, and, and distribute them. You know, sometimes I don't even say nothing to them. Sometimes I just, you know, just speak a word of, of kindness and, and and just hand it to them and let the Word do what the Word does. The Holy Spirit does a better job than, than I can do. So, you know, I give them the message. Sometimes I get to talk to them. Uh, sometimes I don't. But I leave them with the encouragement that God loves them. And uh, most of the time I get to tell them why I give them these things. Some people ask questions. Why do you give me this? Why me? I'll I'll tell them this, folks. You can use this as well. I give this to you because I love you. And this time on this earth is too short. I'm very, very, um, what am I trying to say? I'm jealous. I'm a jealous person. And the time that I have here on this earth is not enough time for me. And I want more time. So I want you to go to heaven because I'm going to heaven. Then I, then I tell them the way uh, you always need to know more and more about Jesus and that's why it's important to get in your word and read about him and as you read the word think of Jesus the entire time because that Bible is all about Jesus. It's a hymn book. understand Him it's a Jesus book. So if you get in the word you think about Jesus with everything you write you read it'll stick man? He'll stick. And God done this out of love, folks. He, he gave us that word out of love because he didn't want us to step off in condemnation. He wanted us for himself. He's a jealous God, too. Just like I, I tell these people that I'm jealous, I want them forever. God's way more jealous than I am. He don't want you to perish. He gave you away. He gave his only son for you. That whoever believes and put trust in him will not perish. We'll have everlasting life with Him. That's how much He loves us. And that's how come we should love others. And that's what As You Go Ministry does for the community. And it helps me as well because I need help. I need help as well because I'm human. And I fall short of God's glory daily too. And I need a reminder. And as I go witness to others, it speaks to me just as much as it speaks to them because I need to know that God still loves me when I fail, I need to know God still loves me when I don't want to do his ministry, when I don't feel like going to talk to somebody. Then God can speak to my heart and say, hey, man, you know how much I loved you? Remember that time you were in that place and you asked for help and I came and helped you? That person right there might need that kind of help. He might want to hear your story. She might want to hear your story. Why not you go? And tell them about me. Tell them about my son Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit do the work for you. All right? You step up and tell. And I promise you, the Spirit's going to work. The Spirit's going to get that message that you give. And he's going to magnify it. He's going to touch the heart. You know, we only touch the the mind. God's going to bring it further, the 14 inches, to the finish line, to the heart. And he's going to speak to the heart. And he's going to bring them to him. There's nothing that we can do. All we can do is tell people, man. That's why I like. I think my very, my favorite verse is in uh, in uh, Romans 10, uh, talking about you know who who how they're going to hear if no one's there to preach, and how they're going to preach unless they're sent, and how beautiful are the feet of those who who give out the good news of the gospel. I love that. I love that because that includes me. It makes me inclusive in God's work, and I'm just so thankful that man he can choose a little old me, somebody don't know nothing about nothing. That you know, if you look at me on the street, I'm just as as plain as Jane. Okay, I don't drive the best cars. Um, you know, I I just I'm simple, and God can use the simple and plain, and make it extraordinary. I'm going to tell you what, I'm a big deal in heaven. You understand? I may not be a big deal on earth. I may not have followers after followers after followers on my Instagram, Facebook account, or my podcast I might reach one person. That's okay, man. If I'm reaching you, if you're the one, God, or He ordained this, this meeting today. He made this happen. He made this possible. You might be the whole purpose that my life came to this very day right now, that I can speak to your heart through the Holy Spirit. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. And that's amazing. And I'm so happy that he can use a wretch like me and uh, do something awesome. Man, I'm a kingdom builder. I feel good about that. I hope one day when I get to heaven, there's a somebody, one person, I don't care, many more person, people, that's even better, uh, taps on my shoulder and is like, hey, you remember me? My, like, uh, no, no. I'm sorry. I do not remember you. Uh, please enlighten me. Well, you're the one that gave me this gospel track at the uh, McDonald's, and I threw it on the ground. But later on, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and I went and picked it up. Then I read it. Then God spoke to me, and and uh, I've, I've just I gave my life to Him. I'm gonna tell you, man. Getting emotional right here, about to start tearing up. That's amazing. I hope one day that that's the kind of a story I get when I get to heaven. I'm telling you, I love it. I love that story. Um, well, folks, this may not make sense. It's probably ragtag and wretched. And I really wanted to get to this point. The delay. This right here is the. The My favorite part of my day. And uh, I want to share it with you. Because sometimes, you know, you're the person that steps into the situation that someone needed to hear the Word that God gives them through you. And as I was getting fuel, as I was delayed through the traffic, I was angry. As I was getting delayed waiting to hook up to go to Atlanta. As I was getting delayed, sitting in Atlanta waiting for a Dalton low to get ready where I can go hook up and drive back and get to my home because I was dreaming about getting to bed early, getting up and doing some awesome stuff, maybe working on some wood or something, getting some kind of project. God had a plan, and God used his delay time to be someone's time of uh of healing. And uh it's weird. While I was uh while I was getting fuel, people started pouring in. And I got to to give a lot of tracks out to a lot of people and and uh show some love to a lot of people. And and some of these people just, you know, they probably never had anybody speak that kind of truth to their lives and show that they were cared that someone cared about them but that's awesome but man this right here is something that hit home and is personal had a guy at church he was going to work and he came in right there right at the time he's like hey Kelly man he said I'm going to work I got to put in my eight I said already put in my eight son I'm going home he's like well then I heard like in the background somebody said Kelly it was kind of a faint voice, and uh, he's walking up to me. I didn't know who it was, so I was continuing to talk to the guy that I go to church with, um, and he said, Kelly, man, what's up? And I looked over there. young man, I w- uh, he's my age, young man. He's probably older than me, but he he uh, he walked up. He used to work with me at Southeastern. He worked on the dock, man. We put in a lot of time. And I loved him, too, man. I, I still do. I still love him. But he he came up, and he was, he was telling me a story, and this is a story that I leave with y'all, and it's how God works. He said, you know, I about died a couple weeks ago. I said, really? And uh, he continued to tell me the story. He said, yeah. I said, I was at home, had some basketball shorts on, like, you know, the loose basketball shorts, lounge shorts is what I put on when I'm at home and he said, my wife said, "Hey, what's that black thing on the back of your your knee or, or underneath whatever that part is on the other side of your kneecap and back of your leg?" Uh, he looked down and he's like, "Well oh, what is that?" And it, it was a tick. He's, you know he said, Kelly, so I probably pulled off hundreds of ticks off of me and me too man, I pulled out a lot of ticks off of me. I know it's gross, but you live in the country. You're gonna get some ticks. It's just part of life. Well, he pulled this, he pulled the tick off, wasn't thinking nothing about it. He said, after a week goes by, man, he started getting sick. And he sounded really tired, really weak. It looked like he was having a hard time standing. Um and I know the dude, man, he used to play golf, very active. Um, and he's, you know, he's a good guy. I love him. Like I said. But he kept on telling the story that that he got bit by a tick, started getting feeling bad, and started getting sick, and he started getting weak, hard for him to stand, and he went to the doctor. As he went to the doctor, they did tests, and he went home. Well, before I believe I might be messing the story up, before he got home, they called and they said, uh, "Mr. So and so I don't give his name, Mr. So and So. This So and So from uh, the doctor's office." Uh, Go to ER right now. Do not stop. You go straight to ER. So, yeah, he went to ER. He said he was in there for a couple of weeks. He said, I, I man, I, I, I thought I was going to die. He said, I thought I was going to die. He said, my legs swelled up uh, so big. And he said the blood was coming out of his, his hair follicles. You know, that was weird. I said, man, I never in my life would thought that something like that could happen. I said, you just opened up my mind to some new possibilities uh, of things that can go wrong. But, you know, as people tell me these things, I'm always waiting to start a conversation about a godly conversation about eternity. And that's just it's just key words that I'm waiting for where I can step in and tell them the truth and tell them about God and his mercy and his love and uh, how much he... He cares for us. But uh, he was telling me these things, and um, he said, yeah. He said, I talked to the doctor. He said, if you come in here two days later, you've been dead. So that was the opportunity that I had to tell him. I said, listen, son. I said, we can die from a tick bite. We can die from a car wreck. We can die from a massive stroke or heart attack. Stepping out of our vehicle or stepping out of our house. Our time on this earth is very limited. Uh, The Bible says that it's like a vapor. It's like a puff of air. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. God promises us right now, this very second, there's no more promises for tomorrow. And he agreed. He said, Kelly, man, he said, two days before that, I gave myself to the Lord. I said, man, that's the most amazing thing I ever heard. And I told him, I said, man, I said, I do this because I love you. And I want to spend eternity with you." I said, we did a lot of time on that dock. And if you ever worked a freight dock in in, in the middle of uh, summer, it's hot, folks. It's hot. And your work friends become your family. You know, the people I work with, man, I worked with them for over 25 years. So they're like brothers and sisters to me. And I care about the people I work with. I care about them greatly. So this young man right here, my love for him never fails. It never stopped. Just because he, he left the company and went work for somewhere else, man, does not cut me off from what I feel about this man. And I told him, I said, man, I love you, and it's not going to be praying for you. I said, that's a wonderful and a scary story that you gave me, but that puts my mind and your mind in the idea and the proper um, place of knowing that we can't control how we're going to leave this world. Only God knows the time and the place and the possibilities of our death. And all we can do is be prepared. And he gave me a confirmation that he was prepared. And I told him, I said, listen, uh, I do a ministry. And wherever I go, I give out the gospel. And I make these cross necklaces and these tracks. I said, here's one for you. I said, I know you got a wife. You want me to get one for your wife? He's like, Yeah. I said, How many do you need for your household? He said, I need four for my household. And I said, Here, I said, Here's your four. And this man got to witness me as we was talking, hand out tracks to everybody that walked in that store. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm a good person. I'm not saying that I'm the perfect Christian. I'm not trying to give myself a bad boy, you know. The less you know of me, the less you see of me, and the more you see of Him, the One I serve. For me is better. It's better to be behind that cross than before that cross. I'm going to tell you when you're when you're ahead of that cross, you're on that cross, folks. Don't get in front of Jesus unless you're ready to take what Jesus took, unless you're ready to take the full punishment of death of of, of It's going to come to us, folks. It's going to come to us. I might have messed that up. But just be prepared. Be prepared. Be ready to speak on the behalf of the Lord. And if you don't know what to say, read the book. Read the book, the instruction book. Look what Paul said, man. He just told what he knew. Do you know know Jesus in that manner? Do you know why God sent him to die on a cross for the sins of the world? Because we were all heading to a place called hell by default. We were heading to a place called hell by default, and we needed a Savior. So God provided the sacrifice, His Son, Jesus, who died on the cross, who was put to death on our behalf. The Bible says that He made Him who knew no sin to become sin that we may become righteous through him. Folks, tomorrow may never come. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just going to try to tell you, the life I live today is still hard. You know, I still have problems. But I've got this assurance that the day I breathe my last breath, I will wake up in paradise. I will never die. The God that resurrected Jesus is going to resurrect me. Wreck, raise, wreck. <laughs> he's, going, he's going to raise me from the dead too. So that's about it, man. I've, I've got an hour on you right now, and I didn't think I was going to fill up that time. But uh, I just want you to know that I love you, and if you need you need prayer, uh, if you want to come on the show, and you're tired of listening to a single podcaster, uh, we'll try to hook you up on that. I'll give you opportunities. That's one thing I like to do. I want to give people opportunities to talk about what God's done in their life. Uh, I'll pray for, um, for your needs. And, uh, man, let's hope uh, that God gives us enough time to reach that one last person, man, to reach as many people as we can. I mean, just think about it. If each one of us reached three people in our lifetime, and they reached three people, and they reach three people, and they reach three people. It's not about the church, folks, of a building. It is about the church of the people. Uh, we, we are lacking in a discipleship all around. So if you got someone, if, if you feel like that you're in the, have the ability to teach and, and, uh, and help people along in their Christian life, step up to the plate. Step up to the plate. If you don't feel like you can do it, step on your knees, folks. Pray for the Holy Spirit to help you, give you strength to, to go that extra mile. Cause there, I guarantee you, there's someone in your life right now who's struggling, who did not, who has a need, and don't have the understanding that you have. You can help them out, man. Nobody discipled me till I was about 40 years old. I had to find out myself. I could have had a much Easier time if someone stepped up and said, Kelly, you need Jesus. I'm going to help you in your walk with Jesus. So help your brothers, help your sisters, love on your neighbors, and as always, man, as you go. We say, this is Kelly with the Reacher's Podcast, and if you enjoy this, reach out. I don't know anything about the computer stuff. I don't know if you can um, if you can give me some kind of... Uh, like system or uh, rate this podcast. It's starting out real slow. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of new to this. I hope it gets better and better. I, I hope I don't hit the microphone again. I hope it gets better and better as time goes. But until then, man, I'm going to step up. I'm going to speak up. And I'm going to love my neighbors. I love you. See you.